There's a concept called balanced bilingualism, that is, where a person speaks two languages equally, Guadalupe explained. It's a fiction. Balanced bilingualism doesn't exist in the real world. That's Dr. Guadalupe Valdez of Stanford University, one of the many language scholars I interviewed for my new book, America's Bilingual Century. You were listening to Chapter One from the audiobook, read by the award-winning narrator, Sean Pratt. I'm Steve Levine, the founder of the America the Bilingual Project. I'd like to welcome you to Episode 48 of our podcast, where we share Chapter One of my book, America's Bilingual Century, How Americans Are Giving the Gift of Bilingualism to Themselves, their loved ones, and their country. Let's listen as Sean does his superb narration. Part 1. Practical Advice for Grown-Ups Epigraph You live a new life for every language you speak. If you know only one language, you live only once. Czech Proverb Chapter 1. Not just how, but where. Are you using Duolingo? Or how about Babel? Or, what's that one in the yellow box? Are you taking a class? These are the kinds of questions I get from people who, like me, badly want to learn another language. They don't want to waste time. Who does? Is there some best way? Some silver bullet? I had those same questions when I plunged into learning Spanish. It was only later I discovered that how isn't the most important question, but rather, where? That epiphany happened in the office of Guadalupe Valdez, a professor at Stanford. I had heard about Guadalupe from her admiring colleagues at language conferences and had seen her name in articles and books. I learned she was not only an authority when it comes to bilingualism, but also a beloved figure for her concern for minorities living in America who lack the usual advantage of native English skills. She was the first person I asked to interview when I got to Stanford. Her office is in the Education Building, its architecture unusual for its dignified 1930s-era bearing, distinctive on a campus that seems to worship everything new. When I knocked on the wooden door of Professor Valdez's office, Guadalupe greeted me with a warm smile and gentle handshake. Books lined an entire wall of her office, whose high windows filled the room with light. She listened patiently as I explained what I was up to, how I was trying to understand bilingualism in America, and where it's going. When I paused, she asked, Have you heard of Joshua Fishman? She walked over to her bookcase and plucked out a slim volume, titled, In Praise of the Beloved Language, A Comparative View of Positive Ethnolinguistic Consciousness, by Joshua A. Fishman. Next to where Guadalupe had retrieved the book, I saw a framed photo of a bunch of people, smiling, huddled around an older man who was seated. One of the smiling faces was Guadalupe's. She pointed to the older man. That's him. If you study sociolinguistics, which can be thought of as the social life of languages, Fishman is a legend. But I admitted that I had not heard of him. 
Unfazed by my ignorance, Guadalupe said, Fishman said, basically, you don't need two languages unless you need two languages. In other words, she explained, a minority language has to have a place to live in your life if it is going to survive. The normal pattern is that minority languages are lost by the third generation or even the second generation. Unless a language has some place it's used, such as church or in family life or at work, somewhere, it will lose out to the dominant language in society and gradually fade away. Those of us trying to learn a second language go from method to method. We try as individuals to find places to use the language and people to speak with. But language learning is inherently a social activity. We don't learn a language and certainly don't maintain a language in isolation. While we might start in the privacy of our homes, clicking through software and turning over flashcards, at some point, our new language wants to go out into the real world. And whether bilingualism is welcomed in that world, what the prevailing attitudes and beliefs are about language in that world, all such social things like these matter. A lot. And while, as language learners, we may not even know the word sociolinguistics, the field of study knows us very well. Sociolinguists study groups of speakers of various languages in different social settings. Those groups are made up of people like you and me. There's a concept called balanced bilingualism, that is, where a person speaks two languages equally, Guadalupe explained. It's a fiction. Balanced bilingualism doesn't exist in the real world. Even though people speak two languages, one will be dominant in some settings, and the other will be used elsewhere. This concept is important for us native English-speaking language learners for two reasons. First, we need to know that, in all likelihood, no matter how good we get at our French or Mandarin or Arabic, including good enough to be called fluent, we will remain dominant in English. This is not a bad thing. In fact, as we shall see later, English-dominant bilinguals have important roles to play worldwide. It's just good to know. The second reason is that, as much as we are initially focused on how we'll learn our French or Mandarin or Arabic, the how question ultimately isn't as important as the where question. Unless you can answer the question, where will my language live in my life? Not right away, but ultimately. It will be hard, perhaps impossible, for you to develop the fluency you want. Don't think you have to have this figured out when you're beginning. Just keep it in the back of your mind. Think of it as an invitation to a larger life, which in some important way will be different from your life today. We'll meet some people in this book who have found those places for themselves. One continues to live his French through his avocation of promoting fine wine in the United States. Another lives her Spanish by teaching English as a second language to Latinos through her Spanish book group and by taking hiking vacations in Spanish-speaking countries. Another keeps her Greek alive by being involved in her church and visiting her American son who moved to Greece to become a priest. And by the way, as important as teachers are to your bilingual life, they won't answer this question for you. They are here to help you speak French or Mandarin or Arabic, and in that, they can help you greatly. Nor will you find the answer in software, apps, or YouTube videos. 
as helpful as all those tools can be. Your answers are yours to discover, although you may well find some useful clues from the people you'll encounter in this book and elsewhere in your travels. Before I left Guadalupe's office on that first visit, she said one more thing that I've been turning over in my mind ever since. Bilingualism has always been a gift the rich have given to their children, yet her career has been dedicated to helping all children, regardless of their parents' wealth, inherit this gift. And as we shall see, it is becoming a gift that all of us in America can give and receive. I hope you enjoyed Chapter 1. Finding where your language will live in your life is such an important concept. If you want long-term success in your bilingual journey, that I made it the first stop in my book. In our next episode, we'll go a little deeper. We'll hear how an unlikely group of bilinguals have found their where. Meantime, if you'd like to explore more of America's bilingual century, just go to the book page of our website for excerpts, free downloads, and testimonials by a whole bunch of interesting people. You can also order the book in your preferred reading format right on the book page. That's americathebilingual.com forward slash book. My thanks to the America the Bilingual Project team, including Caroline Dowdy, our audio and digital book maven, Fernando Hernandez and his production house, Esto No Es Radio, who provides sound design and mixing, Mim Harrison, our editorial and brand director, Carlos Plaza, our creative director, and Carla Hernandez at Daruma Tech, who manages our website, americathebilingual.com. I invite you to follow America the Bilingual on Facebook, along with the Lead with Languages campaign run by our friends at ACTFL, the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Languages. This is Steve Levine. Till next time, thanks for listening to America the Bilingual.